Okay. Old Memories by Jim. Jim Beatmaker on uh, on YouTube. I found him years ago. I love all of his stuff. This one's called Old Memories. By the way, just a every so often reminder that the music that I use on the show, all throughout the years, I usually put aside into the Spotify mixtape that can be found on the on-demand section on quitefrankly.tv. So the music that is used for the show, uh, that is saved on the Spotify mixtape. That is the best place to go and, and check it out because all of the mixes that I put together and the playlists I put together on YouTube, uh, they invariably lose a handful of songs every week because they're taken down on one channel or another for copyright issues and stuff. And um, on Spotify, they live forever because that's where they're supposed to be. So if you ever want to just chill out and put some, quite frankly, inspired music on shuffle and just uh, enjoy your day, clean the kitchen, scrub the toilet, you know, do the yard work, whatever, uh, it's a perfect companion. Uh, I'm always listening to it, and I'm always adding new things to it as well. It is Tuesday night. It's August 15th, 2023. I'm so happy to have you here in the studio with me, and we are going to have a good go of it tonight. Now, it's going to be a short show, but not as short as I had previously thought. Because whereas there are some um, things that I have to take care of in uh, in the other room with the drums and this and that... Uh, we're not starting at 8 o'clock. So I'm going to have at least a half hour more than I thought. That'll be good. I don't have to rush with uh, Timothy Alberino, but uh, I don't have too much more time with him because I figure I get a couple of calls in with you guys and gals afterwards, and uh, and we can end that way. we got some special announcements and some surprises along the way, but uh, it's really going to be a two-topic evening. I want to talk a little bit about this, the indictments, the, in, the, the dickments, from Georgia, the charade that continues to go on, and um, and then I want to talk about a little bit of a uh, the special report that we're going to do with Timothy Alberino, who is keeping tabs on the ongoing series of violent encounters that Peruvian villagers are having with rocket-propelled jungle menaces. I don't know what the, what the hell's going on there, who seem to be impervious to even buckshot. So that'll be interesting for a little bit more of a short Tuesday night. And tomorrow night we'll be right back on top of it with some interesting, interesting topics. Tomorrow night with Diana Pasulka, uh, author of American Cosmic. And then a little bit more travel and culture and good stuff, good old Americana stuff on Thursday night with Shane and Melody from Real Appalachia. And then we'll uh, circle back around to tie up this another week on Friday, August 18th with Matt in here. Next week will be good with Brooks Agnew and um, a few others, but we'll uh, we'll get to those in a second. You can always keep up with who is on the guest calendar by going to quitefrankly.tv, and it is listed right there underneath the chat and the video embeds, powered by Foxhole. All right. Okay. That's all I really had to say right now. Um... Is that all I had? Yes, that's it. So let's just get into this, ladies and gents. 6.58 on the East Coast. Here's the first thing up. You, you know, I mean, you don't need me to tell you at this point. Georgia, it was around midnight last night, charges Donald Trump with racketeering 
an election subversion kit. That's right. They're using Rico. The things that we were, the thing that we were hoping the most was going to come out of 2017, 18 Rico, but you know, the people with no morals, with no standards, they're the ones that get to it first with, with very little with, with, and this will be, this will be all by imagination and political willpower. This is what is, is fueling this as we all know. Um, Donald Trump faces a new raft of felony charges on Tuesday after a Georgia grand jury used a law developed to take down organized crime gangs in charge uh, to charge the former U.S. president with trying to overturn his 2020 election defeat. Uh, it's what are we going to say? I mean, inside of this, there's so many things. Uh, people are probably breaking this down line by line. This one in particular pops up uh, a lot along the way. Wendy Mahoney and many others put this out there, just focusing on this one act or this one article. What is this, Act 22? Does that mean Article 22? I don't know. I don't care. On or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at Real Donald Trump, quote, Georgia hearings now on OAN, OAN, OANN. Amazing. That tweet, according to this oval faced retard DA in Georgia, was, quote, an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. This is what we're dealing with here. The tweet. An overt act in furtherance of any conspiracy. So, of course, you know, I know that Donald Trump is the subject matter here, but you're the subject matter. You're the subject matter. This is incredible. Now, here's just a couple of other things we could throw out. Here's Donald Trump's response to this. He said a large, where is it? Here we go. A large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. I'm sure that MSNBC and uh, CNN and Fox will all be there with bells on to report every word of it. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never uh, they never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. That's one way of putting it. But of course, you know, the puppet masters, the shadow puppet masters, don't give it go. Don't give a damn. You want to listen to this? Rachel Maddow uh, brought on Hillary Clinton last night. And they call out election deniers with Hillary Clinton, who still denies uh, the the election results of 2016. But that's okay because everybody helps her out, just like Stacey Abrams from the very state that all this stuff is going on last night that was announced that all that's been brewing in the background, where we had that that hawk nosed weirdo who was the forewoman for the grand jury coming out months and months ago, uh, making this pretty much a personal thing. We put too much time into this for us not to charge him with something. You know, gave everybody that you'll just have to wait and see. Look, (laughs) witch, witches. Well, here's another one for you. Hoax funding election denier Hillary Clinton. This is from Zero Hedge. Sat down with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow this week to cackle over the prosecution of Donald Trump. And cackle she did 
Well, what else? Should, I mean, this is just her, her, her species. It's what her species does. Former Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton, I really appreciate you being here tonight. I apologize for <laughs> what happened in the middle of this news That's wreck. A, <clears throat> yeah, I never would have guessed it, but here we are. Uh, you know, more often than not, there's going to be an indictment if you drop out. Yeah, the right I, time I was going to say, days. you know, <laughs> just tell me when I should show up the next time. We'll see what, what he's charged with then. Thank you, Madam Secretary. The new essay, as I mentioned, it's a Right, right. Twisted bitch, ain't she? What a t twisted bitch. They're all, all just twisted, lost. We're all lost. Twisted. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, the, the irony is not lost on, on most people. Some people say, isn't it ironic? Uh, Donald Trump continues to get charged with things. Meanwhile, the people he said should be locked up are, are once again not being charged with anything, and they get to sit back and laugh at him. Now, those hopeless souls, ho those hopeless souls are missing the bigger picture, of course, um, the biggest picture. But um, this, is what, this is what we're being made to watch, made to live through. And yes, like I said, the subject matter is Donald Trump, but it's really you and I, especially with how frivolous the charges are getting and how general and how just, I mean, this is a, an attack on uh, common conversation. I, I just don't even know what else to say. It's an attack on conversation in many cases. But here's a couple more clips. A couple more clips. This one is Mike Davis, the founder and president of Article 3 Project. He was on War Room this morning. So this is uh, clipped by Citizen Free Press. Listen to this. Unless, this. unless these indictments, Jack Smith or Fannie Willis, are charging Trump for inciting a riot or telling Rudy Giuliani to put the real electors in his trunk and send in fake electors instead of alternate electors, I don't see how there's any chance whatsoever, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that these indictments, that these criminal convictions will be upheld by the Supreme Court of the United States because of two things. <clears throat> Number one, there's a thing called presidential immunity. When the president acts within his official powers, including the outer bounds of his official powers, his actions are protected by presidential immunity. And alternatively, if he's acting within his personal capacity as a private citizen, his actions here, his words and conduct are protected by the First Amendment. He's not advocating for violence. If he were advocating for violence, the uh, January 6th House kangaroo uh, committee would have found evidence of violence. They found zero evidence after spending tens of millions of dollars over many years. They found zero evidence that President Trump incited a riot. Yes. Okay. So that's a little bit of uh, this guy, Mike Davis. He was on the war room this morning. Uh, here is a quick clip from Cash Patel. He's always straight to the point and interesting to listen to. Here you go. Constitution for freedom of speech cannot be vitiated because a district attorney has chosen to politicize it. And that's another point. All of these mm -hmm. issues are not state court issues. They are federal court issues. This case, no matter how long it runs, will end up in federal court three, four, five years down the road. Any convictions resulting in this case will immediately be challenged to the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals and the United States Supreme Court because it involves, quote-unquote, corrupt activities of a federal election cycle. She is not the legal officer to 
adjudicate that decision. She will supremely fail, and this will catapult Donald Trump to the Republican nomination and, in my opinion, the presidency of the United States. That's Cash Patel. Here's one more for you. This is Alan Dershowitz, another short clip. But uh, I think this gets more to the point, and then I want to give you some general thoughts because I'm not going to be going into the nuts and bolts of all these, these cases. We know what's going on. And, uh, and and this is a, a, a pretty easy way of, you know, putting it into layman's terms of what's happening right now as far as the strategy goes. There'll be some convictions. I think the strategy is to get bad convictions, but to get them fast in New York, in Florida, in Washington, and in Fulton County. Then they'll be reversed on appeal, but they'll be reversed on appeal after the election. That's why everybody's rushing to get these cases tried. We now know that they want it tried within six months in Georgia. They want a trial in January in Washington, D.C. They want a trial in May in Florida. New York has been willing to put it off, but they're going to get on the bandwagon, too. Everybody who is going after Trump, the whole get Trump approach is to get him before the election, convict him before the election. And he wins on appeal. All right. That's tomorrow's news. Okay, so I think that we all can we can all see that. We can all see that. And without further examination, anyone who understands uh, what is being attempted here may be able to confidently say one way or another whether it will stick or no other reason, for, e- even if it's for no other reason than what Alan Dershowitz was just saying right there, that the jury pools in specific districts are just hopeless. Hopeless for anybody to be able to get out of there with a fair trial. And... Everybody just, you don't even need to say these things, write them down, have, you know, have somebody sign a, a blood pact or anything like that. This is a hive mind. Everybody knows what the goal is here. Everybody knows. You don't even need, it, they don't even need a wink and a nod. This is a hive mind. They understand what's going on. They understand what the outcome needs to be. And uh, you want to carve yourself out a little, little piece of history? Oh, if you're, get on that jury. Lie to get on that jury about how unbiased you are and blah, blah, blah. But again, ladies and gents, it's the attempt for people like you and I at this point, especially if you've been watching this show for a long time and if you watch it regularly, I think it's time. It's a, a time waster at this point to get lost in the details of one indictment or another and whatever the hell is coming down the pike. I think it's a, a big time waster. There'll be people out there who get paid to do that kind of legal dissecting and research and all that stuff. If it's your line of work, then obviously this is just like second nature to you. But we we all know what the hell's going on here. There's no real reason to 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 you know to, to to lose our minds over whether or not any of this has merit or whether or not he's going to be able to survive one courtroom and the appeals process and whether it's just five or six or seven D chests we just we can all at this point just be okay with knowing what is happening no matter how bad it is just don't stress yourself out anymore that's my advice that's what I'm going to be doing I mean I spent personally enough time combing through every detail of the fake Clinton investigation that they pretended was going on, the Russiagate nonsense, impeachment one. I did all of that with you at home and a conga line of knowledgeable guests who came in and just just colored in all of the details and made things make sense when they were a little bit confusing. We did all of that. 
We did all of that. And what do we find? We, we discovered meticulous layers of coordination between the company men and women inside of the bureaus and the agencies, the media, the judges, the prosecutors. We have drowned ourselves in special counsels. We've drowned ourselves in, in television uh, appearances by Adam Schiff and talking about his skiff and all that other, and the secret whistleblowers that never came out and, uh, and the intelligence community administrators who were willing to change what a whistleblower even was so that fourth hand hearsay can, can take a target down. I mean, we, we, we went through it all, all right? We've suffocated under the weight of these off-Broadway productions that some people call congressional hearings. It's off-Broadway. That's what it is. It's community dinner theater. It's not even dinner theater. It's community theater. It's bad acting. It's terrible. It's people that just want to want something to do on a Tuesday night. We did all of that. We all did more than enough studying between 2017 to 2022, whatever the hell it is, we did more than enough studying to know what this is about now. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You know, at the least, it's a time waster. At the most, it's an attempt. I mean, I'm saying about what they're doing right here. They're trying to buy up time. They want to get all these in. Why? Because 2024. They want to unleash as much hell as they can in 2024. So at the very least, they can waste a lot of time. They can hinder a person from getting out there and really having all of the uh, the flexibility he can on the campaign trail and working the media and getting people riled up and speaking freely. They would love to have a really couple of a couple of well placed gag orders in there as well. So at the very least, it's a time waster. At the most, it's again an attempt to sentence Trump to death. And on top of that. It's a soft cancellation of the 2024 election because whether you were intending to, to, to vote for Trump or not, if this is the way that they were going to remove him from the playing board, from the, uh, the, the game board, it's, they're, they're canceling the election. They're, it's a soft cancellation of the election. What will come next is uh, we, 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 an act of Congress to push this back six months to, to see you know, what, what we have to do to get over the latest crisis or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. And, and all of which, by the way, all of which is yet another attempt to seize power through theft. This is all theft. It's the exact thing the exact thing that they're trying to say that Trump was wrong about. And it's happening all over right now in the name in the name of trying to make him pay for the, the last time they stole something and he spoke out and everybody else spoke out and, and, uh, and planted dirty seeds of doubt into the, into the minds of the, of the children, the 340 million children of the United States who need to constantly be monitored by the CIA and Rachel Maddow to make sure that they're thinking the right things. And you've got these chuckling, fat-faced DAs who love the attention. They love it. Love it. They love getting their belly scratched. Okay. And then, like I said before, that jury for a woman who giggled about how she spent too much personal time in the grand jury for there not to be some kind of a charge. I don't know. Again, again, take Trump and the election out for a second. And I hope you understand what that, what the mush brain nonsense like this about the, about the, the tweets that, you know, furthered the conspiracy along what that means to you and I. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I mean, I, I, I should be able to come out and express my darkest thoughts that I have about the real state of our union and what I think needs to be done with this gang because defeating them in court is far too dignified. I, uh, I, I, I mean, but I, I need to watch what I say because I could be furthering a conspiracy, whatever the hell that conspiracy is in the future. You know, all this stuff goes on a file somewhere. They pull up your name, and then, you know, there's a supercomputer in uh, Salt Lake City somewhere that has everything that you've said and uh, typed but never sent for the last 20 years there, getting ready to turn you into a domestic terrorist. I don't know. Oh, and I, and I also see the buzz about Michelle Obama again. I saw Dan Bongino doing a little stuff on that. I see the headlines myself. The buzz about Michelle Obama as the the potential candidate to replace Joe Biden. Now, obviously, time will tell if that actually happens. But I I do see the clustering of the headlines. And, um, and, I mean, Biden has been a a limb of the Obama operation tree for a while, though it's a dead limb. And he physically can't go on much longer. So, but it makes all the other media revelations about Obama's thirsting for men even more interesting. If this if this continues on, because then um, to see him uh, forced into the first man role, I remember, remember what they talked about: fundamental transformation. That's everything. That wasn't just about instituting changes. That uh, Obama's communist pornographer mentor Frank Marshall Davis would have been proud about. Uh, it's about more stuff than that. Fundamental means even biology, even sex, the the uh, the the world of men, man and woman, everything. That's a big transformation there. Tribulation indeed, my friends. All right. Well, don't forget. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to have your help to enroll your help to make the show grow. Help us go viral by making your own highlights of the next hour and a half or so of talk. Your favorite moments, your funny moments, favorite rants, whatever it is. Send it over. Tweet it over to us. Drop it. Links into into the Gilded. Love to have you aboard. All right. Let's get this one kicked off. We'll set the table for Timothy Alberino, and then hopefully at the end we can take one or two calls and definitely your super chat. So don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So, gotcha. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Tuesday, 7.18 p.m. 
Okay, so one thing I got to say before we go anywhere. I saw a super chat that already came in. I'm just going to read it up because I, I guess it'll lead us into where we're eventually going. The super chat that I'm seeing comes from, uh, where is it? Degenerate Dan. Degenerate Dan. He says, hey, Frank, it's great to see John Ward active on his channel again. Can you give us an update on him? Would love to see him in the studio again. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. John Ward, he has resurfaced and he released a teaser for a new project on his channel, uh, a feature. And um, we'll watch that in the second half after the, sh after the, uh, the interview. But I told him, I told him um, I better get the first interview since I have become the de facto John Ward crisis hotline. I said, I am the, the, the John Ward crisis hotline over here. I get people get in touch with me all the time. Is he all right? Is everything okay? I said, yes, he's fine. And I got to give him a lot of credit because um, that's a lot of self-control to be able to stay away for the last, it feels like two years, and to just work on things and do whatever and then put all of your time into something as intriguing as this. And what is it? Well, I, like I said, I'll, I'll play the, the trailer when we get back from the interview and the intermission. But he sent me this, uh, he sent me this plot summary of what's coming out of this latest, uh, this latest movie, and he has other things in the works, too. He said, an unruly group of German-American tradesmen become unlikely allies with the dysfunctional female staff of a Japanese-American therapy practice when their rural college town is invaded by space aliens. That is the plot summary of his, of his upcoming release, or at least one of the things that he's working on. And I said, well, color me intrigued there, John. And uh, he also, but to answer your question, Degenerate Dan, John said, absolutely. Um, I, I will have the first interview that he'll, he'll be coming up here in the studio. I don't know when, but uh, hopefully sometime in, in the fall again. Uh, that was the, 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 great, the last time he was on in the studio was on Halloween. I think it was Halloween night, 2020. So that would be great if he came by uh, again in, in October or November or something like that. But we'll see. Yes, John Ward is back. In what form? I don't know. In what form? I don't know. He is emerging from his cocoon, and this may be a completely refocused John Ward, and I don't care. As long as, as, long as he's around, that's a, that's a good thing. So as far as... As far as rural town invaded by space aliens, now, that's something, that's something um, that leads us to our main topic tonight with our guest, Timothy Alberino, who's coming on in just a second, because the topics are not totally unrelated. Now, we are going to be getting updates on the alleged non-human encounters in Peru over the last couple of weeks. If you didn't already know about what's going on, Timothy will get us uh, all of the all of the uh, whatchamacallits, the updates from the get-go, from start to finish, where we are right now and where it's all heading. And um, what was the other thing I had over here? Here's a little bit on it. Ready? I got this from sci-fi.com. Locals report eight-foot alien predators in Peruvian jungle. Now, this is part of the, the, the descriptions that we're, we've been getting. We've been talking, uh, getting eight-foot somethings 
that are in the jungle over there, somewhere north of Lima. And uh, as far as what they look like, I mean, obviously there's some people who caught something on tape. And wouldn't you know it that just the tape is all fuzzy and doesn't look very good. And, And it could just be that they have old... You know, first-generation cell phones or something. I, I don't know how in the Stone Age they really are, but if they got phones, whatever. Eight foot tall. They're levitating. They're on levitating discs. They people don't know if they're drones with some kind of sheets on top of them. If they are holograms. If it is military technology that's being um, that is being tested in some way, shape, or form. But that is uh, that's besides the point. That some people have gotten physically uh, assaulted by this, whatever the hell is going on out there. Now, the locals in Peru who have been who have been making this known and trying to get everybody's attention, they have been talking about aliens. They're talking about the predator-like aliens in the jungles of Peru. Recently, the indigenous Ikitu people, well, I'm probably saying that wrong, of Alto Naya, northeast of Lima, have been visited by their own mysterious, possibly alien interlopers, and things haven't gone quite as peacefully. Police in Peru have responded to reports of eight-foot armored creatures attacking locals in the Peruvian Amazon jungle. Now, now the guy we're bringing on tonight, um, not only is this Timothy's forte, but this is also a part of the world that he knows a lot about, spent a lot of time there, He's uh, familiar with the locals, and uh, just so you don't, for those of you out there who are watching for the first time, I've got Timothy Alberino in the description, uh, timothyalberino.com in the description of this episode, an explorer whose research has led him all over the world in search of lost cities, civilizations, hidden treasure, and legendary creatures. We might be talking about a new crop of legendary creatures with this latest story, but uh, his latest book, Birthright, it is a prophetic transhumanist bestseller, and I think you should go out and check it out. He's joining us right now. What is going on? Tim, it's great to have you back. Hey, Frank, what's up? Oh, nothing much. Well, I guess I should be asking you that because there is a lot, a lot happening in your, what I would say is your neck of the woods, Peru. It was my neck of the woods at one time. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, let's just put it this way. There's a lot of people who may not have heard this. So, give us a brief timeline of events for those who know nothing, and then we'll get right into the latest developments. Okay. Uh, So, we're talking about an incident that happened in the village of San Antonio which is located in Alto Alto Nanay, the district of Alto Nanay, which is northwest of Iquitos. It's inhabited by the Iquitu tribe. Uh, This is a very intense Amazon jungle, Peruvian Amazon jungle. Uh, The incident began to occur sometime mid-July and continued through at least the first week of August. Um, It began when a 15-year-old girl was nearly abducted by strange beings uh, from her village. She was able to scream before passing out. In other words, these entities, one of these entities apparently grabbed her. Uh, she, she tussled with it for a few seconds and then she, she passed out. Um, and her scream alerted the villagers who came to see what was going on. They found her unconscious and she sustained lacerations to her neck during the altercation with the entities. Um, And when she came to, she was in a state of shock. 
abject shock for, for I, I believe, a few hours. Um, so the villagers began to run around the jungle and try and find the perpetrators, presumably human perpetrators, that attempted to abduct this girl from their village. And what they found instead, in their words, were seven-foot-tall extraterrestrials arrayed in silver-armored bodysuits. They likened them to the, the Green Goblin from Spider-Man in that they were wearing armored bodysuits. And they also make references to masks. They said that, they, that these entities had shoes, like circular shoes, in other words, shoes with discs on the bottom that project a red light with which they are able to float off the ground and then also to ascend into the air. And apparently these entities are bulletproof because they have discharged their firearms at them, the villagers have discharged their firearms at these alleged extraterrestrials at point-blank range to no effect. And these entities also would disappear right in front of them uh, in the manner of, uh, as you said, the predator creature from the movie. Hmm. Um, so this was ongoing. The these entities, whatever they were, were apparently uh, were apparently invading this village. Let's say, or at least observing this village uh, for for multiple nights, for a sequence of nights. Let's say uh, for a few weeks during for the duration of a few weeks, and the villagers were terrorized. There's there's. Uh, there's a handful of videos out there from these villagers that they filmed themselves on cell phones. One of them, you can see the villagers running around in a state of panic, firing into the jungle with shotguns and rifles. The women and children are huddled in the middle of the village uh, in a state of terror. And in one of the videos, you can see a, a gentleman with a flashlight at nighttime and he's flashing the flashlight around the, the jungle, around the village, into the, rather, he's flashing the flashlight into the forest around the jungle, around the village. And he trains the light on this thing up in this tree, and he begins to yell in Spanish, there it is, there it is. And, and, and there's great commotion around this because they're looking at something in this tree. And apparently this is the thing or, or the things that have been terrorizing them. And I'm going to contend to you, uh, I'm going to contend rather that these entities that this man manages to capture on film are in fact tall gray aliens. Now, whether they're, whether they're holographs or whatever we can discuss, but they appear to be tall gray aliens, indeed seven foot tall with very large bulbous heads, almond shaped black eyes, you can see at least two of them in the footage. If you slow it down, look at it frame by frame. They're not static. They are looking around these entities, these tall grays. Um, you might describe them as insectolins or mantis-like creatures or, or, or mantid-type creatures. And so apparently these are the things that have been terrorizing the villagers. Um, they made a formal request, indeed a demand, to the Peruvian government that it send immediately send the Navy to protect this village from these extraterrestrial assailants. The Navy responded, came to the village, conducted an investigation, quote unquote, conducted an investigation and determined that in fact, this village has been assaulted 
not by extraterrestrials, rather by illegal gold miners equipped with state-of-the-art jetpacks. <laughs> wait, this wait. And, and bulletproof armoring. Wait, wait this is who, an, this is the official who are funded who are funded by the cartels. Official pol- This is an official not not police official military statement. Are you serious? This was the Navy's conclusion, probably probably in conjunction with the with the police, but. But this is the official narrative, as, as fantastical as it sounds. Now, you will find different coverage of this story in, in, the, in, in South America, especially in Peru. Sometimes they're, they're excluding the jetpack part, part, and they're just going to say it was illegal miners. But this, the story, whatever story was going to be concocted, whatever prosaic explanation was going to be concocted, had to account for the apparent ability of these entities, of these beings, to fly or to levitate through the jungle, because this was a clear detail. I mean, this was, this is not up for debate as far as the villagers are concerned. These entities float off the ground and can, can ascend into the air, um, and they do so at night in the thick canopy of the jungle, mind you. Um, and so whatever story was going to be concocted, let's say, to cover this up, if indeed that's what happened, it would have to account for that detail, and so this this jetpack detail, this 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 jetpack element was thrown into the story to try and uh, maybe to try and calm down the Peruvian populace. I don't know. <laughs> it, I, I think what we're looking at is one of the most ridiculous cover-ups in real time that we've ever seen as it relates to the topic of UFOs. I mean, this is way beyond swamp gas and weather balloons and, and, and flocks of birds or whatever. This is circus ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I, now, I was keeping up with that. I did see the video, uh, the, the flashlight being trained on the on the interior of this forest around the village i you know it was very grainy uh, i can see how some people would well, I, I don't know maybe i gotta look at whatever you you were able to uh, put aside and really i don't know train in on it was hard for me to really make it out but i have I know, you seen the video on my the video that i published um i saw this one on tiktok this i know the one you're okay, talking so I, I published a video on this it almost got a million views in three days and it's still up on my website, although YouTube has age restricted it at this point. Um, I'll go check it. I'll, I'll, maybe I can go grab it right now. Yeah, we slow the video down. We we pull out some frames, and again, I'm going to contend that what we're looking at is the typical gray alien, albeit a seven foot tall gray alien being. Normally, these entities are are quite small, three to four feet tall, and this is these are these are obviously very large. See, when you talk about this, the hologram, the hologram uh, situation, when you when you talk about the the way that they're moving around, that they're uh, they are they're there, then they're not there. And whether or not somebody said, is it a drone? Is it hanging a sheet? Is it is it a prank? I mean, drones and all that stuff. You fire a shotgun at that and it's gone. The fact that they are taking on, you know, uh, buckshot at a point-blank range point yeah i mean this is that's something really serious they do i see you're wondering is it hologram is it something that's been projected or the translucency of this whole thing that's something that reminds me of the stories that are collected at skinwalker ranch as well yes it uh, yes it it is reminiscent of the skinwalker ranch affair although keep in mind that it began with the uh, the attempted abduction of this 15 year old girl Mm -hmm. uh is it possible that (laughs) <laughs> this 15-year-old girl was, there was an attempted abduction by illegal miners 
And then this incident just so happened to correspond, happened to coincidentally occur uh, within the same time frame. That's also a possibility, I suppose. But it, it is important to point out that that the cartels and the illegal miners, and when we say miners, we're not talking about the kind of miners who dig into the side of a mountain. We're talking about river miners. So they're, they're looking for gold in the river. They're mining gold in the rivers. They dump mercury in the rivers. It's very destructive. It completely pollutes the rivers for, for years. I've seen it myself, and it pollutes the drinking water. It causes all kinds of problems in the jungle. And the villagers are constantly at war with these illegal miners, um, river miners. And and so I'm familiar with this situation. And they have, the miners have used tactics in the past and, and, and the cartels, scare tactics, tactics um, to terrorize the villagers to try and drive them out of the area. Because in, in this region of Peru, in, this, in the jungle around Iquitos, there are uh, a bunch of different native tribes. And, and each of these native tribes, they have their own territories that the government has given them, has allotted to them, much like reservations here in the United States, although a little bit different there than a reservation. But they have their territories, right? Their, their tribal lands, let's say. And, and they, they have the rights to these lands. And, and anyone who wants to come in and, let's say, run a, a petroleum pipe through their lands has to deal with them, has to make a deal with them. And these are not cowards. These jungle people are not cowards. They, they're contending with, with Petro Peru, the, 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 the largest petroleum company in Peru. They're contending with, constantly contending with illegal miners, illegal, illegal uh, what would you call them, lumberjacks, um, and, and with the cartels running drugs, because the cartels run, run drugs up to Ecuador through the Amazon, through, way up these, up these rivers. I mean, you're talking about, th these areas are very remote. Mm -hmm. You can't get to them but by boat. Um, and so that situation does exist, and, and, and uh, I, would, I would be the first to acknowledge that, that that situation does exist. And I believe it's true that miners have dressed up like different legendary creatures in the jungle to try and scare these natives away from their, away from their territories. Um, however, however, the villagers in this video, uh, in this town, and, in, and who are represented in these videos, are adamant that these beings are not human, A, B, that they, they, they never mention jetpacks, they never mention any kind of, uh, you know, loud, uh, the, the kind of uh, ruckus that a jetpack would make I, I in was, the jungle. That was, Tim, that was going to be the next thing I asked you. I said, you, you're talking about jetpacks, but the, the sound of rocket propulsion is very distinct. Are we talking about silent anti-gravitic technology on display? Well, well, rocket propulsion or or you have now these little platforms that are, are like drones and they just use propellers, but e those are super loud and they, and they, they would just blow the, the foliage and the, and the vegetation would just be very disturbed uh, when those things are in operation. So, so we, have, we have three possibilities here, okay? We have A, the, the, the story that the Navy is pushing in Peru, that these are gold miners, nay, gold miners with state-of-the-art jetpacks terrorizing the villagers at nighttime. Then you have the possibility that these are actually some sort of non-human entities uh, that are terrorizing this village, tall greys, let's say. Then you have 
the possibility that what we're looking at is some sort of a military operation, a, a PSYOP, uh, using either high technology, advanced technology that, that nobody knows about, like a super secret jetpack technology that would be silent, that, that, that w perhaps special operators who've been practicing with these things can maneuver in the jungle at nighttime and so forth, or, or holographic technology that's being deployed uh, by, by uh, I don't know, uh, elements of the military. Uh, and if it's, if it's holographic technology, then it's at least guys also dressed up in suits. Because remember, there's a 15-year-old girl that was nearly abducted. And that's how this thing began. And she sustained lacerations it, to the neck. It, yeah. So, yeah, there's physical so contact if, if there. It's holographic, if it's holographic, it's holographic and uh, some sort of special ops, top secret uh, jet propulsion technology that you can that you can wear, you know, either in the shoes or or backpacks or whatever. So out of out of those three options, I think most of us can agree that the that the jetpack miners is probably the least probable yes. <laughs> of those three. I, that would be the one that would, I think would be the most fantastical, far-fetched. Yeah. No, for, for all the same, yeah, for all the reasons like what you already said, um, especially the sound, and then even when it comes to hologra uh, holographic images, projected images, I think about that too, but then there has to be a time where it materializes and you're actually able to make physical contact with a uh, with a girl or, or anybody. Uh, but then again, you need to be able to dematerialize and allow a shotgun blast to pass right through you so, so the first thing I started thinking about again is the the kind of similarities to these types of uh, encounters and creatures that were witnessed not only on Skinwalker Ranch but in other instances when people like David Politis would um, would have people hunters talk about what they survived during encounters in the woods and and things like that during his missing four one one series. So uh, th that's where my mind went to. I was just to let's. Let's be even more specific. Let's reference the most recent incident, which was the Vegas incident. I was going to bring that up, too. Good. The Vegas incident that happened on the last night of May. Um, and we're all familiar with that incident. I think I even talked about it on your program. Um, but, but the Vegas incident, there's, a, there, there's some footage from that incident that I believe is authentic. No, and, and, and I have my reasons for believing it's authentic. And uh, this, uh, rather, this footage depicts... Um, what I would what I would describe as a tall, gray alien or insectoid insectoid creature, insectoid creature, a, a, a mantoid, a mantis-like creature, with a very large head, bulbous head, almond almond black eyes, almond-shaped black eyes, uh, exactly the same creature we see in the jungle, precisely the same, and everybody's you know I read in the comments everybody's looking for this video. It's hard to find because there's a couple other videos that that are out there that muddy the waters and at least one of those other videos is, is completely fake. It's a total CGI hack job. Um, the other one has to do with a fence. It's focused on the fence, but there's a third video that blows up the frames before they cut the cameras, the news crew, as they're going into the backyard in Vegas. They cut the camera. Before they cut the camera, someone was able, they were able to inadvertently capture something. When you blow up those frames, you can see behind that forklift uh, or whatever that thing is somebody told me it's not forklift whatever it is behind that machinery you see a very tall insectoline mantis like being like a, like a large gray alien the exact same thing you see in the trees and and look you're not going to get like a 4k picture 
of this thing. So everybody needs to stop complaining about the pixelation. It, it is what it is. Number one, um, the, the villagers are using crappy smartphones to get this footage at nighttime in low light. Okay, that's the first thing. And the second thing with the Vegas is uh, that that they weren't trying to film anything in the backyard. They were cutting the cameras. The, the camera lens was focused on the guys walking into the backyard, not on the backyard. That's why it's low res and grainy because we're blowing something up in the background. And when you do that, uh, I'm absolutely convinced that we see this insectolin creature now. Is it CGI? Did somebody tamper with the footage? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that this creature is apparent in both the Vegas incident footage and the and the Peru Village incident footage. It's I, there. I, I was going to ask if there was that link between the two, and because I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know what the, the description was in the Vegas thing, and that was really just a a two week run in the media and then we stopped hearing about it and of course it, it, like you said before you either get something grainy and we're like wow why are these things never clear if we got something in 4k we would say this is an this is obviously cgi it's too clear so i think we need something exactly right yeah. it's something that is ex, uh, i don't know uh well let, let me tie these two incidents together by referencing the late phil schneider and i'm sure you're from i think we've talked about phil schneider before yeah. on your show People can have whatever opinion they want of Phil Schneider. I happen, I happen to believe that he was telling the truth as he understood it, and I have re again reasons to believe that we can we can have a, we can spend uh, another hour some other time just talking about Phil Schneider and deep underground military bases. But it, Phil Schneider gives in, in one of his uh, and I put this in my video by the way on YouTube. In in one of his presentations, Phil Schneider discusses the Dulce Wars. And the Dulce Wars were allegedly this conflict that happened under the ground between elements of the United States military and private contractors who were combating these alien entities under the ground. And what were the alien entities that they were combating, according to Phil Schneider? They were literally, he says this, seven-foot-tall greys. Seven-foot-tall gray aliens. And then he... And then he he tells a story in which he's employed um, he's employed in the construction of a deep underground military base at Dulce, and as as they're blowing out these chambers, they run into some problems. I won't go through all the details, but they pull up the drill and and they, and they need to send somebody down to see what's going on. So they lowered Phil Schneider, who's a geologist, down in a basket with a green beret, and they they lowered them down in the basket. And Phil Schneider says when he got down there at the bottom he encountered like a nest, I think he even says that, uh, of, of seven foot tall gray aliens. He describes them as, as, as being very grotesque. He describes the, the foul odor that they were e emitting. And then he talks about how uh, he was able to, to, to pull out his pistol and shoot one of them. And, and the, the, the entity, one of these entities, he killed one, and then another one waved its hand in front of its chest, and, and some sort of a, a laser hit Phil, yeah. and and he says it, it crispy crittered him. It, it it toasted his, it just it burned off a couple of his fingers and his toes. It gave him cancer, and these entities killed the the green beret who was with him, um, who hit the button to to raise the basket, and he died. These entities uh, uh, killed him. 
probably with the same kind of technology that they hit Phil with. So that's the story. You can believe it or not believe it, but that's that's part of Phil Schneider's testimony. He was murdered. He did not tie that catheter around his own neck. Somebody else did. He was murdered. And so was his friend Ron Rummel, who was who had his brains blown out in public, okay, before Phil was killed. Phil Schneider's wife, I don't know if she's still living, but uh, uh, confirmed his story time and time again after Phil's death. And so uh, that's very interesting correlation because Phil Schneider was the first that I know of to talk about seven-foot-tall gray aliens. And what are we encountering in Vegas? And what are we encountering in the Amazon? Apparently, seven-foot-tall gray aliens. Again, holographs, uh, holograms, or, or some other kind of technology. Maybe it's people dressed up in whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that's what I see in the footage. Well, here's a question based on that then. Uh, Phil Schneider, and I've, I've, I've watched all of the, uh, the public presentations he's done in the 90s, and we put it on the, the network at night as well. So I've listened to these very same testimonials from him. Um, how Obviously, he encountered this nest he and the Green Beret, one guy didn't make it out. He was pretty badly injured. Um, but there was this, uh, this exchange, and they had a technology that was a little bit more advanced than a 9mm pistol. Um, how do you think that these shotgun-toting Peruvian villagers survived this kind of encounter if they really are, uh, they, they are built like the Predator? You know, they have, they have this, this shiny armor. And they... well, well, Phil Schneider said one of the things that he would stress is they are mortal and they do die. That's something he wanted to stress. Now, he encountered these entities in a different situation. They were not being assaulted by these entities. Rather, they drilled right on top of them. So mm. they lowered this basket into, let's, let's say, a more casual environment. In other words, these tall grays were not assaulting them. They were just doing whatever they were doing under the grounds. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say they probably did not, they were probably not equipped with the body armor in that instance but but as they're assaulting this village at night in the amazon assuming it's gray aliens i'm not saying it is assuming it is biological gray entities gray alien entities they would they would have been equipped with with whatever technology and body armor that would have protected them from what they would have surely known was in was was small arms fire from you know, they would have, let's say this, they would have had the appropriate gear to protect themselves from shotguns and rifles that they probably knew that the villagers wielded. Mm. And so these are two different environments. One, they're caught by surprise, probably not wearing that equipment. And two, they're strategically doing something, invading this village. But, but they're not really invading, are they? Because if they wanted to, I'm sure they could probably just kill everybody. So they're doing something else there. Then that's really the, let's assume for a moment that these are indeed biological entities, that these are indeed gray aliens, tall grays. Um, what, what in the world were they doing? Because they, what, an attempted, an attempted abduction of a 15-year-old girl, and then what? They're just sort of hanging out in the trees? Uh, the story is bizarre. Everything about it is bizarre. The, the cover story from the Navy and all the details from the villagers, it, it's just the whole thing is just ir illogical. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, at least to me as a casual observer. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Navy did not go uh, and make this any easier to understand with that, that nonsense. But um, I would like to shift gears just a little bit, though it is related. But I'm going to be tapping into your 
uh, eschatology section of your your brain now, the end times, because I had a I had a member of this audience who uh, claims to have been a lifelong UFO contactee get in touch with me. I hadn't heard from her in a couple of years, and she got in touch with me, and she said, first she gave me a rapture date, which I understand is always a, up for debate, and, and some people just reject it out of hand, and then it's just something to look forward to, to have a little fun with, whatever. She gave me a judgment day, said it was going to be September 25th of next year, uh, but then uh, attached to that was this, Tim. She said that this is why they are talking about UFOs right now. I wanted to explain everything about my experience, but I can't. Now, that made me think about a thread that this guy I follow on Twitter. His name is Donnie Darkened. Now, he comes from a standpoint, he comes from a, you know, almost like a you know a severe red pill standpoint where Donald Trump is is the beast. Donald Trump is is the antichrist and all that stuff. He's not he's not a liberal per se, but I you know I I, I follow him because I think it's very I, I think the uh, the end of the world threads are pretty interesting. Anyway, he said this. And this had to do with Space Force. He said one year ago I said that we would see the UFO narrative unfold very soon. Uh, but the theory wasn't that it was a government deception of secret technology or Bloombeam or anything like that, Timothy. The theory was that the wicked witches in power at the moment are preparing the world for the invasion of Jesus Christ and his armies at the second coming, who will likely, they will likely say it's an alien threat and hopefully by deceiving people into rejecting it all could, uh, can, can ruin their chances of salvation. So what do you think about that, that idea that, that the, um, that there is a, an oncoming, oncoming reconquering of the world by Jesus Christ and his and his armies, but there is a lot of people at home that are, are going to try to pin this as a, a fake alien invasion. Could it be a double swap, a double uh, swap like that? Okay, well, um, I postulate something like that in my book Birthright. I believe that what we are facing is a legitimate alien threat. Whether or not this thing in the jungle is is credible. We are facing a legitimate alien threat. There is a legitimate alien threat. And this is the problem I have with the PSYOP narrative. Everybody says Project Blue Beam, Project Blue Beam, but the problem is there are real non-human entities with whom we are interfacing, especially abductees, okay? So there is an alien threat. It exists. It's not human beings. Um, the greys do exist. I'll just say it definitively. Gray aliens do exist, full stop. So. Uh, we have a problem already because there's a hybridization program. They're, they are, uh, they're using the wombs of, of our females to incubate their hybrid fetuses. And, and these hybrid beings who David Jacobs describes or dubs uh, advanced human-alien hybrids or hubrids are, are integrating into human society on some level. That's a threat. Okay, that's a real problem because, because this is a covert uh, conquest. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conflict that's already under, underway. It's at least a Cold War. And remind me to, and I don't know how much time we have left, but remind, remind me to mention the interesting uh, training activities happening in Peru with various nations. But... Um, so at the very least, there's a cold war going on between the greys and human beings in the sense that the greys are abducting people against their will. 
using the wombs of our females to incubate their hybrid offspring and 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 then integrating these human alien hybrids into society without our knowledge. That's hostile activity, no matter how you cut it. That's hostile activity, okay? So we have a problem. There is an alien threat. And I believe that at some point in time, uh, I don't know when, I don't know in what context, and I don't know who's gonna break the news, but at some point in time, as this slow roll of disclosure continues to, to happen, to, 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 to gradually drip uh, we will be told about the gray alien threat, I believe. Because, as I always say, the government can't control the phenomenon. They can only control the narrative. They can't control what the entities are doing. The entities are going to do whatever they want. Whatever factions are out there, whatever non-human factions are out there, they're going to do whatever they're going to do, whether or not we approve of it. Are we in collaboration with them to some extent? Maybe. I, I tend to think that elements of the human species, a breakaway civilization, as my colleague Richard Dolan would call them, uh, maybe MJ-12, maybe Majestic-12 is still in, in, in the game and, and is, is orchestrating something behind the scenes in regard to cooperation with these beings. But uh, no matter what the scenarios that one could concoct, we have a problem. I believe that that threat is going to be made known, and I believe it's going to require a global response to have any chance at all to combat it. Now, I'm not in any way endorsing this scenario. In other words, I'm not saying let's all get together and fight gray aliens, because I believe that the elites are going to use this threat to consolidate power in a new world order. And this is... So it's a real threat that they're going to use to consolidate power. We are going to be faced with this enemy uh, who, is, who far outpaces us technologically. And we are going to need to be delivered from this threat. And so uh, I believe that the scenario that you laid out that that, 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 that that person in your audience described, I think is close to the mark. But what I would say is those who come to save us and deliver us from this gray alien threat are the ones that we ought to be the most suspicious of. Hmm. Because I believe that we are going to, at some point in time, and I, and I think the Vatican, as I always say, is already all over this, we are going to be receiving alien savior, saviors, extraterrestrial saviors. We are, we are going to be saved from this threat. And, and that is going to usher in, I believe, much of what we read about in the book of Revelation. And this is, of course, all laid out in my book. So anyone who wants to, to dig deeper into this, in, in, into this hypothesis can find, it, um, can, can find it exhaustively discussed in my book. Um, so, you, so, 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 I, I, so, Timothy... so I believe that those, just to finish my thought, I believe that those who are coming first to save us that that is going to be indeed this person that we describe as the Antichrist, the man of sin who will come in the place of Christ as a savior and will be received as, 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 as Christ returning to deliver us from this, this great evil. Um, and and that, that's when the real deception gets kicked into gear. And then 
because I think, you know, in the future, we're, we're moving into a post-human future. That's a whole other discussion, but it dovetails with the UFO thing. It's very important to keep that in mind. The artificial intelligence and the, and the genetic revolution that's just getting underway and post-humanism is, is going to dovetail with this UFO phenomenon and with the alien presence. And, and we are going into a post-human condition and so we're heading towards an event called Armageddon. And Armageddon is not just a conflict with Israel. Rather, it is, as, you're, as that person described, a kinetic war with Christ returning to the earth to vanquish the beast. And, and so I do project a war. I do see this war happening. But I think a lot of other things are going to unfold first. And we are going to be in a post-human condition on planet Earth. And it's going to be like a sci-fi movie. Mm. So, so you don't don't necessarily believe that the stuff that we're being prepped for and what whatever is going on right now, UFOs, little little pockets. The, the the next thing that comes, it's not going to be a heavenly host. That there actually is going to be a a great unveiling of of what's going on, and then sometime. My whole thing about this, Timothy, is why I, I would hope that the great battle from that comes from heaven you know i you would you would hope that that would come before you know we all become cyborgs to try to prevent no, that no I, I well 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 the battle comes at the end yeah armageddon is okay. uh, armageddon is the end game okay those who are coming to deliver us from this alien threat and again that's the scenario that i see unfolding now, whether it will or not I don't know, but that's my hypothesis. Those who come to deliver us from the alien threat will be received as the return of Christ, that these, this is the Maitreya. These beings, in, 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 in stark contrast to these, these, these the gray aliens and these, these mantis-like insectolins, these very exotic extraterrestrial creatures, you're, you're going to have these beautiful human-like beings who are going to deliver us, who are going to vanquish our enemies, save mankind, and then lead us, I think, into the final phase of our directed evolution out of Adam and into a post-human condition. And then, and then we will follow them into war with, uh, with God, really, with the Son of God returning to the earth. So that is what I, again, what I postulate in my book, In Birthright, um, it's very detailed, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very, very detailed. So it's, it's, it takes a long time to really unpack it properly. No, I, I, I know. And you, and you do a really great, uh, great job in that book, uh, bring it to, bring it to life. But I, I gotta, I guess, I guess, uh, in thinking about that scenario, I don't know how anyone could really mistake, or maybe they could holographic laser light show for the actual second coming. Um, I, I would, I know that some people, when we've talked on certain nights, when we talk about demonic possession, uh, even some people who, who know of the, of the, uh, of the subject very intimately will say that the devil or any other kind of possessing spirit can come in the form of Jesus can be deceptive in that way that can, can try to, to deceive someone in that respect. So if, if that could actually be done on a more planetary level, of course, that is the the crux of Bluebeam. It wasn't just a UFO uh, a UFO invasion that they were, that they you know uh, 
I, theoretically, we're trying to see if they can pull off on the, the, the large population populace of the, the planet, but it was also whether or not they can fake a second coming. And, um, and I, I just don't know how many people are going to go for it and where, where that leaves us. Well, I suppose in this day and age, you can fake anything. Um, but as me. I mentioned before, we, we have a problem in that we have a real alien threat to deal with. And, and I want to stress that I, I do believe that assuming that these entities in the jungle are real, because everybody, there's so many people now who say, oh, that story was debunked. It was miners. <laughs> it was miners. Nobody addresses the footage because those weren't miners up in that tree. Those aren't miners hanging up there, uh, hanging out up in that tree at, in point, point blank range from the village. Okay. Those aren't miners. I'm sorry. That's something else. And I do believe that what we're looking at are, are some sort of non-human biological creatures. Now, they may be biologic slash cybernetic, biological cybernetics, you know, a combination of, a combination of tissue and technology, let's say. Um, that's very possible. There may even be some advanced artificial intelligence involved here. And maybe they're androids of some kind. But these are not... and. And setting aside the, the, the possibility that we're looking at holographic projections, um, these are not ethereal creatures. These are physical creatures. You know, again, according to Phil Schneider, they are immortal and they do die. And I would affirm that. And that's why we have, that's why we have in the words of, of David Grush, we've recovered biologics from the crash retrievals. Because these beings are mortal and they do die, so um, I, there's this there's this uh, this impulse to to try and make the phenomenon ethereal, to try and to try and process it as anything other than a physical experience. In other words, these vill villagers are actually being assaulted by physical beings, mm -hmm. uh, physical non-human beings, and and I think. At this point in time, with, with everything that's coming out, the whistleblowers and what we know in regard to the absolute verity of the UFO phenomenon. In other words, in other words, these things exist, they're physical, they're real, we don't control them, and it's not us, at least many of them. We know that now. There's no argument there. We know that now. And those who would dispute those facts are just uh, willfully ignorant at this point. So there is a very physical, technological component to this phenomenon that is not human, okay? And, and that, that has to be, in my mind, that has to be part of the equation. And wh whenever we're talking about these kind of topics, that has to be part of the equation. So, and, and, and before I forget, um, it is interesting that there's, that during the last, uh, couple of months uh, and in 20 and in 2023 in general there's a there's been a a, a joint military operation underway in Peru called Res Resolute Sentinel 23 and I'll just read what the article says the third edition of the training exercise in Southcom Southern Command involves roughly 1000 personnel from the Air Force Space Force Army Marine Corps Coast Guard and eight partner nations Peru Ecuador Colombia Great Britain Brazil Chile Panama and Uruguay. This project began in 2021. It has been ongoing. This year they were doing missions in, in, in July. Some of the missions were in the region where this happened. And uh, 
and and this has been ongoing as i said for the last few months so so we have military in the area we have this and and we need to keep in mind that if the government let's say let's 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 concoct the most fantastical movie script scenario that we can think of regarding this event okay let's say that you do have an extraterrestrial or at least a non-human hostile presence in the amazon and it's become it's burgeoning it's becoming problematic and, it, and problematic and it has to be dealt with what do you do you can't just go in there, blow in there with, with, with jet fighters and battleships. You have to have a cover. You have to have a cover. And you have to work with the nations that, that uh, A, have the kind of technology that you're going to need, i.e. the United States and the UK. And then you have to work with the nations that, whose borders are intersecting with this situation. And, and that would be Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil. And then Chile and Panama and Uruguay are, are three other countries that aren't touching this particular area, but they might be bringing something to the table. For example, jungle fighters, special ops jungle guys. So, so this is the most fantastical scenario. I'm not saying this is happening, but, but it could be. So this whole operation could be a cover for an actual hot war with non-human entities in the Amazon jungle. Well, let me ask you real quick, a real quick question, because we are running out of time, but you said the technology you, you would need to be able to face off with these things in the jungle, you would need ba battleships and all that, but if they are not, if they're impervious to shotgun, obviously projectile weapons are probably not the thing. Are we talking about, I don't know, it sounds like you would need a Ghostbuster to go down there well, with the... Well, this would just be the cover story. So what you would have under the radar, this is this is for everybody to see. This is the big show. We're doing these training exercises, right? This is the dog and pony show. But under the radar, you would have special ops teams with, with, with let's say, secret advanced technology that are going in under the radar. These special ops teams that may be in possession of advanced, uh, of very advanced um uh, Jetpack technology that's silent and that can be maneuvered through a thick canopy jungle. Uh, get, that can be maneuvered through the thick canopy of the jungle in the dark of night. Okay, I can go with that. So, so maybe, maybe, and this is a big maybe. I said this is the most fantastical movie script scenario that I can think of right now. Maybe what we're looking at is a huge cover story for a hot war. Maybe we're looking at another Dulce-based type war unfolding in the Amazon right now, and they're throwing all these distractions at us to try and, you know, take everybody's, and I wouldn't even say take everybody's attention off because everybody's attention is squarely on this region of the Amazon right now with this incident. But who knows how that would factor in. Mm -hmm. That could be a PSYOP situation that these advanced um, uh, commandos are have perpetrated themselves for some reason, or it could be a legitimate it could be a legitimate non-human attack on this village and the very phenomenon that they're all there to combat, right? So so there's well, all we can do is sit here and speculate thousands yeah. of miles away with what little information we have. But but that is the most fantastical movie script scenario that that 
could be true. And, you know, it's probably unlikely, but it, but it could be true. Yeah, it could be. The PSYOP scenario, that's the first thing I thought. I said, what are they testing on these poor villagers there? They want to see whether or not they'll respond, how it responds to actually getting some kind of a a return fire, things like that. Hey, that's the first thing I went to because obviously it's just... You never know when the the, uh, the 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 curtain is really going to drop and everything's really going to be if it's going to happen at all. Maybe we're going to see it in our lifetimes, Timothy. Anyway, you've been making the rounds on this and other things lately. Your YouTube channel is alive and kicking. Uh, everything you post is getting hundreds of thousands of views, and and I, I just wonder what you got coming up next so people can go check it out. I already have timothyalberino.com in the description, but let us know what's coming up next. Uh, I'm working on some some literary projects right now, um, and then of course I have an event in Costa Rica. I'm actually going on a little expedition in Guatemala, but that's a little private thing that I'm doing. Um, and uh, other things are in the works, but yeah, I mean I've been I've been I've, I've kind of just become in the last week I've become the the Peru alien jungle guy, or the Peru jungle alien guy. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to talk about this story. And what's very interesting is that this story just exploded all of a sudden in social media. And, you know, I did this half-assed video on it, me and my buddy Doug Thornton, and it just exploded unexpectedly. And and then all of a sudden, as soon as that minor story came out, it went quiet. Like People were buying the minor story. So as ridiculous as it is, uh, apparently people are buying it because this, 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 this story's really died down. Certainly the Peruvian press is satisfied at this point with that story uh, and the American press as well. It's an incredible um, story. Incredible story. That, that, that yeah, but be... I've just been consumed in this for the last week, and but I have, I have other things coming. Um, track You can track with me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Timothy Albrino's uh, Twitter, same thing, Timothy Albrino, and Instagram. Uh, sign up for my mailing list on timothyalbrino.com. Well, it's, it's been great to have you back for this special report, Timothy. I can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much for having me back, Frank. All right, be well. There he goes, Timothy Albarino, back into the wilderness of Montana. Boy, little something on a Tuesday night. Now, like I said, we recovered a little bit more time than I thought we would have. So I'm going to stay on for another 19 minutes. A real quick intermission. Come back. I'm going to read your super chats, take a couple of your calls, and and that's what how we will end this Tuesday night. All right? Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. Now entering 
quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? I got this for, uh, I forgot what else was on this album. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Rockstar. It's the lullaby version of Tool right in two. There's a few others there, too, that I let, I let, uh, I, I played for Aurora when she was an infant. Get all these really nice melodies that she'll, you know, like Fade to Black from Metallica. Mix that in with the Beethoven and the Mozart. She liked it. She's liking it. Liking it all. All right. Let's go into the Super Chats. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Troy Rhodes says, it's Frank, ask Tim what... Ah. Uh, Troy, I'm sorry. This is the... Listen, you, you do me a favor, Troy. Next time that Timothy is on the... Is on the calendar... Send me the email the day of. Because I would have had this in the notes. You've been asking this of me the last however many times he's been on, but it's always after the fact. Frank asked Tim what Elijah caught a ride on. I don't know what he would say. Stickman says, Frank, thank you for saying what we the people are thinking. May God continue to bless and keep you safe. All the best. Well, same to you. Keep us all safe. Same to you. And I'm, I mean that in the opening with the, the, the Georgia stuff. I really do. M members of this audience, all of our friends and guests, and whether they be returning or special guests, whatever it was, we did so much work. And we can, and what, what we did was, yeah, we solved the, the problems. We solved the issues, the mysteries for ourselves, Russiagate, the Clinton non-investigation, impeachment one, everything in between. We solved them. We got to them. We saw all the people. We saw all the players involved. We saw their text messages. We know the text messages that they destroyed. You never do that because you're, uh, you know, in, a, in an official capacity because you're trying to hide uh, something good. You know, we, we got it. We got it all. Got all of that put it together. How many times do you need to dedicate your life to digging up every detail of every plot that is being thrust in our direction? We know what they're doing, and we know that under the surface of what is being put on every headline, every newspaper, 
what your blue pl- your blue pilled family members are going to be talking about and asking you about at Thanksgiving. Uh, so uh, Trump's having a rough year, huh? <laughs> Trying to see what you're going to say. It's like they're 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 pathetic. And you know what's underneath all of that stuff? That just meticulously laced layer upon layer of people and bureaucrats and media men and uh, bag men and women and just hatred, boiling hatred of the country and ideology. It is just uh, that you don't have to do that to yourself. You know what's going on and let's just, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you can vote accordingly if you want to do that. Act accordingly. But definitely, I would advise against killing yourself trying to put together where you think this is all going in the, in the courts because we know what's waiting there as well. This is about time wasting in the vital months leading up to a major election year and then God knows what we're going to get clobbered with next year. But you know what? I feel great. You know, day to day I you know, you know what, you know, you know what life does to you personally. You have some things you're facing, your schedule goes one way or another, challenges at home, things you want to do that get muddied because, you know, life pulls you in one direction or another. That's just life. But as far as the prospects of 2024, I'm ready to jump into that pool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. As long as we have an internet connection, I know you and I will be getting together, God willing. And I'm ready for it. The hell with it. The hell with it. It's better to know than to not know. Napkin says, shout out to the remaining Discord crew. Today I went to a special needs children's Zen park, drove a mini excavator, and demolished it. Well, I don't know what to say to that. But um, the remaining Discord crew should be ungilded, where everybody else is having a good time. And I'm, I draw a lot from the gilded. You know, and it's a, it's a far less commie hellhole. So I don't know why there's any... Aside from the fact that a lot of people are there, I mean, if I were not kicked off personally and business-wise kicked off a Discord, I'd still be there. But I'm not going to go make a new name to go back to a place I've been, (laughs) you know? So, anyway, see, Dan Schumann, because Wayne said that you are still in the middle of remodeling, hope this helps. I hope it helps, brother. Oh, and if Tim's still with you, Tell him he rocks almost as much as you do, unless he plays the drums too. Ha ha. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, remodeling is almost done. We've got another, I think, another month. A lot of moving is going to be done. This weekend is going to be a lot of assembling furniture. And some of it is from Ikea. So that means that 10 boxes showed up today. That is, it probably goes to the same piece of furniture. Whatever, the end result will be all right. But I'm getting off in a couple minutes and I actually have to go work on that drum set in there. I have uh, skins I got to put on, tuning that has to be done, and uh, some polishing, other things. Maybe I'll do a live stream. Just talk to people in a live stream or something like that. Let's see here. Degenerate Dan. Oh, I got that before. That's the John Ward comment. You want you, you want to see this? Hold on. We'll do the John Ward thing in just a second. Let me go and make sure I got everything on on Rumble though. Um, D Jordan D Jordan says sorry about the bad info about the UFO that turned out to be Starlink. 
I don't know what you're talking about, but don't worry about it. There's a lot of Starlink satellites up there. You think, oh, I just saw something move. Yeah, we'll just watch it. Watch it for a little while longer. You'll notice just how many things are floating in a fixed track above our heads. If you see something take a right turn, a, uh, a I would say a right angle right turn suddenly, then we got something. Then, then we're cooking with gas here. Let's see here. Eight foot tall aliens. Hmm. That's from Dee Dee as well. Here is another one from Dee Dee. Says, the creature in my bedroom was a hologram. Oh. Oh. I think I have that email somewhere. Let me get that up here. Let me see. Give me a moment, ladies and gents. Show threads, letters from the audience. Here we go. This is from D. I think it might be. It might be. Creature in my bedroom. Dear Frank, in 2017, I had the most unusual experience with a creature inside of my bedroom. I wasn't drinking and I don't do drugs. I'm just a boring Midwestern mom. This particular night in February, a glow appeared in my bedroom and it became brighter and more defined. It was a creature about seven to eight feet tall and was whiter than milk. Although not ripped with muscles, except at the neck, had a muscular neck. It cut a quite menacing figure. His head was elongated. He had a square jaw and a brow ridge that hung low over the eyes. The only way I can describe him is based on the famous ancient statue, uh, Urfaman. I haven't seen that. Urfaman? Urfaman. Urfaman? Welcome to Urf. But he was wearing an ancient Egyptian kilt. Kilt is in, in quotations there. I asked the creature what he wanted, and at that moment it began to fade away. I decided it must have been the spicy food I ate before I went to sleep. Six months later, I was listening to Coast to Coast AM, and a man called in to the, uh, to the weekend show with a similar story. He was going to sleep and saw a glow that formed a seven to eight foot tall reptilian. The man was so panicked that he picked up something heavy from his nightstand and threw it at the creature. The object passed through it and struck the wall. He didn't realize it was a hologram. Then it faded away. I assumed these were some kind of government DARPA holograms and wondered if other people had experienced them too. What do you think? Have you ever heard of this before? Regards. D. Maybe that's the same D. I have not uh, experienced that before. Thank God, because I'd have a really hard time ever going back to sleep. But uh, maybe from hearing this, other people will write in and hey, I guess it's in theme with what's going on tonight. Definitely in theme. Uh, let's see. I had a couple other things over here. 914-200-0269. Hell, I'm just going to throw the, the phone open just for a couple of minutes and see what comes through. Uh, in the meantime, I'm gonna play you a two minute video. That'll leave us about five to seven minutes left. Here is the latest from John Ward. It's called The Mezzanine. Watch this.
Exciting, huh? Remember. Yes. So that's uh, John Ward dropped that on everybody today. And, of course, it's got a lot of people very excited. And I looked through it. You know, I said, I might as well. I, I sh- what I should have done, I should have downloaded his entire archive. I'm sure he has it somewhere. But aside from some of his songs, so he's got Bat Suit up there, Feels Good Man, that whole album. Um, Totar Win. Oh man, some of those songs. These songs. John's got an, uh, he, he's got this uh, ability to make you just feel weird. The music is weird. But it's a weird that scratches a certain itch. Very weird. And I, I, I'm the last ass, what the hell you think? This so much yay. You know what we should do? When he comes to the studio, we should actually, uh, he should do the, lay down the vocals for all this stuff. But I'll load this into, I'll load this into the computers we have in the broad, in the, uh, the, the music room. And maybe we can jam to this live. Bring some of these, these hits to life, live on air. Me on the drums, John on the vocals. And who knows, maybe I can get my brother in to lay down some thick, slappy bass. Yes, all right. Well, hey, uh, it's uh, it's a good day. It's a good day when John Ward pops back up. All right, 484, you're on the air. Who this? Hey, Frank, how's it going? It's Jay Bird. Hey, Jay, how you been? How you doing? I'm all right. So what do you think about tonight? I, I got to say, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Timothy Alvarino, man. I've, I've been interested in the UFO ET stuff since I was a kid, since I can remember. And I think he has the best synthesis and and distillation of the whole thing um and you know not just the the modern you know uh, anecdotal stuff but also like the theological mythological angle and i think he's he's missing it in my opinion and um the thing i think people are forgetting is uh that it that it uh it's you know it's this the the whole thing is that you're, you're gonna you're gonna deceive more people with honey than vinegar right yeah. yeah. So, 
that that in and of itself should tell us that this whole thing is going to be um it's not going to it's not like that what's happening today is the bait and switch and the bait is all this great reset wef you know all the child sex trafficking stuff and the switch is going to be the great awakening where they could they go and they re reveal all that stuff and show the the horror of it and come in as the as the heroes in my opinion. Well, you know, that that is a, uh, I think it's a, an opinion that a lot of people would, would hope for to, to, to switch out to something that is really uh, going to propel us to a new level of existence and especially a, 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 a on a consciousness level. That would be great. Uh, it would. And, I, and I'm with you on that too. Thank you, Jay, for the call. Um, I'm with you on on the assessment of Timothy Alberino. I I, I like talking to him about this stuff because I think that he synthesizes a lot in a, um, in a, in a way that satisfies a lot of my curiosities. I am not with, I'm not with the, the, the rigid way of thinking about um, anything that is not human and presents itself to be anything humanoid is strictly demon, uh, especially since it seems that people have very broad descriptions of what something that is demonic is and timothy has actually we, we've done that a couple of times to try to just uh redefine and, re, and redraw the lines of what an actual demon is and 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 why just from a definition standpoint it doesn't make sense i i know a lot of people out there well at least a, a small portion of the audience out there uh rejects any kind of idea that there is an organic non-human humanoid like presence in the galaxy because they don't believe in a galaxy they believe in a, a closed system over here flat earth and that there's nothing that's coming in there's nothing going out so there's so many competing things that are going on and i, I is the way that that timothy synthesizes a lot of that stuff and especially from a christian eschatology standpoint end times revelations the bible um there's a lot there because it does not discount the layering of dimensions as well and and that there are final battles that we're leading up to there is deception there is the there is the 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 possibility of government controlled psyops too just to muddy the waters so um i, I like that there is not too much discounted and all is considered so that's why those those conversations really really uh they keep me they cre keep me focused in and, and wondering about what may be going on there all right so let me see here robert sarns thank you so much thank you sean joe these are just some foxhole shout outs hello jesse hello sean joe again q shook me all night long said love this show god bless everyone thank you shook me boys blanc porpoiseful and boys blanc again i'm releasing the scratch and you guys getting get ready to get your ass scratched there you go over on the rumble again i want to make sure i didn't miss anybody and no i did not and on quite frankly superchat.com there is toast tube saying great guest tonight frank thank you so much i'll take one more call hello caller who's this hey this is todd todd welcome to the show friend how you doing oh hey i'm I just hooked up with you guys like a couple nights ago. I'm like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, this is the first time. So <laughs> you've only been watching the show uh, for a, a couple of days now? Yeah, I was always watching, there, you know, like everyone else. You know, I mean, I was like just bouncing around everywhere. And then I caught on to this. And I'm going, 
whoa, dude, this guy's a musician. <laughs> hey, well, well I'm, I'm glad. I'm an ex-musician. I'm just crippled and can't do it anymore. I'm an old man now, but I really have some interesting stuff to tell him that should blow your mind. Well, go right ahead. Go ahead. You're talking to me. You're ta- All right, man. You're talking to Frank. Um, what? I'm talking to you? Yeah, yeah you're talking to Frank. It, it's too late in the evening. I have to get off in a couple minutes, so I would I would mess oh, with you. Right, I would usually dude, mess with dude, you for a little dude. bit, but I, I just don't have time. <laughs> so, oh, I, oh, all right. Yeah, you got to practice or something, don't you? You were saying last night? Well, uh, like I said, the, the, the band practice kind of got uh, shifted and postponed a little bit, and, and the, the whole point of the meeting got oh, changed. I so, that. I uh, that. That, so I have a little bit more time, <laughs> but not that much. Go ahead, Todd. Dude, what? Go. Um, man... I, uh, my whole life, right, you know, I've been, you know, I've been chasing this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, uh, 80s hair band guys, uh, you know, romancing the devil, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, grew up Catholic and all this crap. And, uh, um, over the, you know, it seems like, I don't know. Over the last Todd, uh, what's going on? Oh, Todd, Todd, Todd. Now I just gotta say again, we ha- I can give you maybe two more minutes. Um, so you gotta you gotta sp- speak a little quicker, but you also gotta speak a little bit louder. And if if I'm okay. on speakerphone, then take me off. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I found I found this thing about hexadecimal code, right? In mm-hmm. uh, uh com- you know the computer language, you know, because I was always a Ouija board fan, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when I was doing this, I was using AI. And I was changing words to hexadecimal, and then I had it draw me pictures. You know, they had the AI create, you know, an image of, you know, the hexadecimal word, not the actual word, like, from the alphabet, you know? Right. The images that came up, I'm going, there it is. So, go, holy crap. What do they, what, what uh, they, they look like? Oh, my God, man. They had 666 written all over them. And, Six, six, seven, and the seven. Like the sixes are changing to seven. So it went from alpha. It, it went. It went from alphabets to numerical. Yeah, because both of them are. You know, in the hexadecimal language, it's like an eight bit or a sixteen bit. You know, I used to do it years ago when MIDI first came out. You know, when MIDI first came out, we had to, we had to type in hexadecimal stuff to convert it. You know, and uh, um, so I was kind of I was like, wow. So then this Wikipedia article comes up, and I didn't even know this. And I was like, holy shit. In the, in the middle of the Wikipedia article for hexadecimal, you know, look what? at the first three letters, you know, <laughs> is what's on the Ouija board. They call it magic code. And I was going, that fucking Billy Gates, man. Well, Todd, it's, it's, it sounds like you're on to something, and if you have any more to report, you should write into the show. Um, it's, I, I, I'm, I know there's a lot of people doing some interesting things with AI out there, and they're always trying to um, convert it into something else and see if there is a an unlocked reality behind either one layer or another. I really appreciate your call. I'm glad that you found us a couple of days ago, and I hope that you don't stop watching. But uh, I am out of time now, and I um, I'm interested in everybody's pursuits out there especially when you start combining your your philosophies and theories with burgeoning new technologies you never know what you're going to find and what gateway you're going to kick open but uh thank you guys and gals for everything tonight it's been a good one tomorrow we'll have a full two hours together with a great guest and i hope that you're here to enjoy it with me once again so with that goodbye i will talk to you soon i'll catch you on the flip side
frankly, is film of our live studio audience. And now our super chatter starting on Rumble with DD. And also, we have another great friend over there. Where the hell is he? Nope, it was all DD tonight. Thank you, Stosu, Troy Rhodes, Stickman, Napkin, Dan Schumann, and Degenerate Dan. Two Dans, one a Schumann and one a Degenerate. Thank you guys and gals for everything. I will see you tomorrow. Good night. Asking me to give you the key to his room so you can walk in, put a gun to his head and pull the trigger, and I can't do that. He murdered Annie and Peter. There are only murderers in this room. Michael, open your eyes. This is the life we chose, the life we lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven.